Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Fried the Burnout Podcast. Hey, Fried fam. Sometimes somebody in the Facebook group asks a question that I really think everybody should know the answer to. And that happened quite recently. So we're going to bring that question to the masses today. And I'm going to offer up the answers that I gave in that post in the Facebook group. And I'm also going to give some of the answers that some of the other people offered in there as well, because I thought they were really great. So I'm going to spend a little bit more time reading today than I would normally, uh, because I want to get everything exactly right. So in the Facebook group recently, a member asked a great question that I thought all of you needed the answer to. They asked, I listened to the episode where small actions to make radical shifts was discussed. I want to incorporate this. So what kinds of actions are you all taking, especially when it comes to ruminating, people-pleasing, and perfectionism? So the question is basically, what kind of small daily, simple actions can I be taking on a consistent basis that will end up making big changes in my life, especially when it comes to overthinking, people-pleasing, and perfectionism. Here are my answers interspersed with some answers also from the group. My first answer says, there's a great rumination trick from Eckhart Tolle. He says that when you find yourself caught up in ruminating and your brain is just like winding itself up and you're going on and on and on, first, Notice it and stop. And then close your eyes. Take two deep breaths. Inhale. And exhale. If you can make the exhales longer than the inhales, then you are starting to calm yourself down. So inhale again. Long exhale. And then with your eyes still closed, ask yourself, this question that he calls the magic, the magic question inside your head, just say internally, I wonder what I'll think of next. And then allow your brain to go on whatever journey it's going to go on. This often interrupts our thought pattern and opens up a sense of curiosity that allows us to start thinking about other things and interrupts this rumination process. So I think that's a pretty cool way to do it. Kristen offered this. She said, for rumination, there are a couple of things that have been total game changers for me. The picture that she posted in the group, she said, is something called Go Grok cards, G-R-O-K. There is a deck of feelings and needs. So there's a couple of decks, feelings and needs. You play by guessing your own feelings. And so you are using a different part of your brain that helps to calm that inner critical voice. So again, What we're saying here is that like curiosity interrupts rumination. So using a different part of your brain, which calms that inner critical voice and also gives you a sense of self-nurturing. Your brain starts searching, searching, searching to be understood and to have a need met. You can use the list of feelings and needs also, but there's something really useful just using the cards, she says. So I think it's really interesting that both of these suggestions about rumination really involve interrupting your thought process and getting curious about something that's outside of that rumination space. So you're still thinking, you're still using your head, you're not ignoring any problems, you're just simply getting curious and that helps to adjust your thought process. 
She And she said, Kristen continued that the second thing that's really helped her comes from positiveintelligence.com. And the idea is that by focusing on any body sensations, so the temperature of the air going in and out of your nose or looking at something really intensely and really like looking for each detail, touching something, rubbing two, two fingers together or seeing if you can feel the ridges of your fingerprints or listening to what is the furthest sound and the closest sound in your environment. So using different senses, basically, for anywhere between 2 and 12 minutes, uses a different part of the brain so it calms rumination and starts to build your what she put in quotes as self-command muscle, which shows you directly what you that what you do actually has the ability to change your thoughts. So again, we're interrupting and we're creating a sense of mindfulness. So mindfulness and curiosity seem to be the answers to what are the small steps that I can take to deal with rumination. For people-pleasing, my answer to this one is an answer that I often give and I have said on the podcast before, but for people-pleasing, I want you to practice disappointing people um, in any small way start disappointing people. So I said in the in the group, most of the time when you start to disappoint people, you find that the things you're doing don't even disappoint anyone. But your own internal speech is convincing you that if you don't do this thing, everyone will be disappointed. And then you don't do the thing and no one cares. So my advice is to try to disappoint someone in a small way once a day. And somebody else came in and say, do you have any examples? Like, how do you disappoint people? What What are the small disappointments that you can use? And so the example that I gave was when somebody is in your one of your household members, if you don't live by yourself, one of your household members is has their head in the fridge and is looking for something. And I can't find whatever the heck. There's no food. I can't find something. Don't get up and find things for people in your house. I know this is a radical idea. <laughs> Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. Tell people in your household that you have faith that they can find things without you and you trust that they're going to find whatever it is they need without your help. Don't get up. Allow people to do it by themselves. Don't interject. Don't fix it. Don't solve it. Don't change it. So this is a way that you can practice something that 
would typically bring up a little bit of fear when you have a people-pleasing mechanism because you think that if you don't solve the problem for them, then like all hell will break loose. Their emotional state will be a mess. You'll be a mess. They'll think you're unhelpful. You won't be loved. You won't be valued. There's all these, this background noise that will happen when you start practicing this. But if your commonality, if one of the things that you're trying to work through is not people-pleasing, then you have to practice things that you assume will disappoint people and do them frequently enough until you understand that most of the time you're actually still safe and everything is okay. So I liked that one. And then small things you can do for perfectionism. So I sort of disagree with the idea that we need to eliminate perfectionism completely. I know that it's talked about in a way that's usually really negative, but I think it's really okay to be a perfectionist in some things. Like say, if you're going to be my neurosurgeon because I need brain surgery, like please be a perfectionist that day. So what I usually have people do, instead of trying to eliminate their perfectionism, I usually ask people to focus on and choose one or two places in their lives where they want to use perfectionism on purpose because it's useful and because it matters. So maybe you're a tax accountant or a surgeon or you're responsible for payroll for a company. Learn to lean in to the places where your perfectionism is really useful so that you can release it in places where it's less useful. So really sort of double down on your perfectionism in some places so that you can eliminate it in others. Um, Reina said about perfectionism, she said that she stopped arguing with people when they said thank you. She had to catch herself a couple of times and had some good conversations with people that were actually saying thank you. And she noticed that after doing this and like practicing it for for about six months, she noticed that some of her internal dialogue started to change. And she caught herself acknowledging that she did good work, even though it wasn't necessarily perfect work. She said it was a wild moment for her in the car alone on the way home. So she further explains later underneath, like, when she says she stopped arguing when people said thank you, she means she didn't sort of when people said, oh, thanks. She didn't say, oh, that's just my job or, oh, thanks. Like, oh, no, you know, I had to do that anyway. I was already running by the store. I, she didn't dismiss people's gratitude for her. She didn't create reasons for people to not be grateful. She just allowed people to say thank you and just said, you're welcome. Right. So this is seems like such a small thing. And she said it took about six months, but it started to change her internal dialogue to not have to fight against every time people offer a thank you. I think this is also useful in the space of compliments. Right. So if you are constantly like fighting back against compliments, maybe learn to just say thank you. I just did this. Um, I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago and I had on a bright pink blazer that is really beautiful, but it's like in your face, bright pink. And I had so many people tell me that they loved it. And I was like, oh, it's on sale. It's only $120. It's only, you know, I went through this whole like proving that it, it wasn't outside of them or that it's accessible to them or I don't even know what I was trying to do to make it unspecial somehow. But it is a special jacket and it probably would have done me good to just say, oh, thank you and leave it at that. Someone else mentioned, Missy said, notice how often you say sorry when it's not necessary. For example, she said, responding to an email or voicemail with, sorry, I didn't respond sooner. Instead, just get to the point. There's no need to apologize in so many cases. And she said, of course, you should still apologize when you mean it, which I totally agree with. I think there's a, 
there's a time and a place to say you're sorry, but you don't need to be sorry for like existing. So maybe watch that language is a really good small way to shift away from from perfectionism and expectation. So there's some really good ideas in here for small action steps that you can take to quit ruminating, to interrupt ruminating, to slow down your people pleasing, to slow down perfectionism, and while you're doing them, to change the internal dialogue that goes along with these things. What I want to know this week, what I would love for you to throw in the Facebook group or to respond back to the weekly newsletter if you're on it, let us know what you're doing, what small steps you're taking in your worlds to slow down rumination to release yourself from the grips of people-pleasing and to slow down the amount of perfectionism that you're using on a day-to-day basis. I would love to hear some more ideas. Can't wait to hear what you come up with. Until next time. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried, the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan.